Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awake to the universal truth of oneness. Spirituality and science are both telling us that we are literally all one. We are literally all connected. What you do to another person, you're literally doing to your another aspect of yourself. So when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's topic is there is order in the chaos with Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, founder of Agape International Spiritual Center and co-founder and president of Association for Global New, New Thought. Agape's services are live-streamed every Sunday, 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. I am so honored to have Reverend Michael here with us today, um, this evening, um, on Awake to Oneness Radio. Welcome, Michael, to Awake <laughs> to Oneness Radio. Thank you so Thank much. You so- Thank you so much for the invitation, Carolyn. I really appreciate being with you. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Michael, could you please share with the few listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, can you share your story, your personal story, with our listeners this evening? Well, my, my personal story um, in terms of uh, awakening to oneness uh, occurred when I was attending USC I was a psychobiology major. My pathway was more towards medical school. And I began to have a series of inner experiences that, that were inexplicable to me. I could not explain what was going on. Uh, visions, uh, lucid dreams, leaving my body, um, all manner of things w- were occurring. And it happened for a, a long period of time. And I, in the psychology department, I thought, because I was in the psychology department, these things were considered pathological, so I thought something was wrong with me. Anyway, to make a long story short, uh, it culminated, these particular experiences culminated with a lucid dream that I continually had for months on end, and with these men chasing me. And uh, finally, one night, they were close enough, and two men grabbed me and held me down, and another man stabbed me with a knife in the heart. And the pain was excruciating physically and emotionally, and I screamed out, and I died. And when I woke up from that, I could see that we were surrounded by this presence of love and of beauty and intelligence, of such beauty. The love that penetrated my being was uh, beyond anything that I'd ever experienced up to that moment, and I felt as if I was totally loved by the entire presence of God, presence of the universe, and the beauty that I saw in everything, animate and inanimate objects glowed with a light and a beauty and a love that was so profound, so beautiful that it's I cannot begin to describe it. But it changed my life forever, and I began to go on a research uh, exploration uh, trek to discover what had happened to me. And in so doing, bumped into the great uh, spiritual teachings of the great masters of the world, the great avatars, Buddha and Jesus, the Christ, Krishna and Zoroaster, and great mystics out of the United States, Walter Russell, uh, George Washington Carver. Um, I began to notice that all of these beings have had had very uh, had their own satori moments, and and felt that a strong degree of oneness. And I uh, began to notice that all these religions that had emerged were, at the base, were fundamentally the same and that um, at the surface, uh, followers may have a tendency to separate and argue and think that one is different than the other. But the base, we were all united by this one presence, this one power, this one love, this one joy, this one intelligence. 
and uh, that began my path, and, and it's never ceased. I've, at the time, didn't think I was going to be a public person. My my affair with the presence was private, intense, loving, and uh, very real. And I didn't, I, I at that time, didn't think it was going to grow into being a, a, a public love affair. Now my love affair with this fundamental order, this harmony, this beauty, this love, this presence, is now public. People see me every week. They listen to me on the radio. I fly around to different parts of the United States and the world and share uh, what, what, I, what I know. Um, but that came second. That was a number of years later after integrating the the the, the satori moment, uh, integrating it, embodying it, uh, working on myself intensely, and then uh, slowly, uh, you know, I, I entered a program to be a, a spiritual therapist, which I did for many years. I was a one-on-one uh, spiritual therapist for seven years. I ran a prayer ministry, uh, and then started taking classes at the Ernest Holmes College School of Ministry, graduated from there, and um, became more and more public with what I knew inside. And thus, in 1985, uh, began uh, a vision group to build a spiritual community, otherwise known as Agape International, that you mentioned earlier in the program. And so that was um, entering into our 29th year. So I've been the public face of the Agape International Spiritual Center going on 29 years. And it's even hard for me to say. I can hardly believe it because it feels like a minute. You know, I haven't yeah. aged one day. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's that's my story in short. You know, I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's full of um, moments of uh, integration, moving into the, the dark night of the soul and having to um, my, commit myself to deeper levels of surrender integrating the higher levels of consciousness, uh, embodying these higher levels of, of consciousness while I'm on the earth plane, which is a deep sense of embodiment that I teach from. And um, I, I just feel that um, I'm just very grateful, very thankful, because it's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's grace. It's something you can't earn. It's, it's something that you have to be prepared for. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm privileged to be here with you today. I'm privileged to be the... Uh, founder and director of Agape International and other programs and uh, all the things I've had an opportunity to do, synthesis dialogues, facilitating meetings with His Holiness the Dalai Lama, speaking at the United Nations, traveling to Sri Lanka to lead a million-person meditation with Ari Ariaradni. Uh, I've been written into the, the Congress as the good works that Agape has done. We've done a lot of things as a community, and I'm just happy okay. to be a part of it. Wow, that that's so wonderful. Um, like you said, sharing that with the the listeners, um, I think uh, I believe we we all like our our spirit our spirit will come to such an awareness at different times in different ways in our life. Um, I know for me, it's much more a newer <laughs> than uh, you've been doing this work for twenty nine years. Really, more than twenty nine years you you've been. Um, um, started Agape 29 years ago, but how many years? Um, that is a question. How how long before Agape did you? When did you have that first experience that you that described? Was in 19, uh, that was early 70s. Early yeah, 70s. Okay. Yes, probably it was probably 74. I was getting ready to 74 or early 75. I was getting ready to graduate from SC, and mm-hmm. uh, all of that happened. And uh, and I, I, I it's, again, it's hard to believe because I was speaking to someone recently about being a vegetarian. And they said, you know, well, how long have you been a vegetarian? I said, well, before Agape, at least 30 years. And then I thought about it. I was raising my kids as vegetarians in the 70s, and I realized it's 40 years. <laughs> so okay. that experience that, that experience happened in the 70s. Uh, I became a a, a, a a licensed practitioner in 1979. So I did a tremendous amount of work before I started Agape, which had its first service November 30th, 1986. Okay. Wonderful. Well, um, the the awakening for me to oneness was m- much more recent. <laughs> it was in 2007 for me. Yes. But w- once I awakened 
to the truth of oneness, it changed me pretty much overnight. I mean, yes. how I looked at the world changed overnight. Um, but I think the, the challenge that once we awaken to the truth of oneness, is the challenge is living it day by day and moment by moment. Um, because sometimes um, when you're not following, like I was brought up in a Christian home. I went to Catholic school, and no, none of that ever, the teachings, are, and I have, I have the utmost respect for Christianity and all religions, but it, there was something missing for me, something yes. that didn't ring true for me, too, that there was, you know, my soul was still surging. And when I awoken to the truth of oneness, everything made sense. Yes. Everything was so clear. And I wanted to share it with everybody, um, but it was like, uh, you know, I got looked at like, you know, that's not, you know, I don't, you know, like I had two heads or something. So trying to live something that's a little bit different than the norm um, sometimes is difficult, to, is difficult because you don't always have the support. You don't always have the family support, or the community support, or friends support. Um, you're, you're doing something out of the norm, and everybody wants to feel accepted and loved and, 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 and clo- you know, um, so um, the Agape Center, which is on the West Coast, <laughs> which I've mm-hmm. never been on the West Coast, I would love for my vision is to have something very similar here on the East Coast in the Pocono Mountains where I live. Um, the Pocono the Mountains. Yes. <laughs> the Pocono Mountains, Northeast PA. We're very close to Jersey, New York, uh, Philadelphia. We're really a beautiful area in the mountains. And my vision, um, my son, I recently lost my son, and his name was Kyle. And the yes. vision for my, my center is the, the Kyle Foundation Spirit and Science Oneness Center. Um, yes. Kyle, the, Kyle won't just stand for his name. Uh, Kyle stands for Keep your light expanding. Yes, so, I love, I love um, it. I, I, I would love for, you know, that's um, just planting the seeds now. I'm just right now, for the first time in my life, and I'm 53 years old, for the first time in my life, I'm living from spirit. Um, and it's just, I'm just following spirit wherever it leads me. And sometimes it's a lonely place, um, physically meaning, Sometimes you don't get the support that you were hoping for from family and friends, and right. a lot of times, a lot of times that will will stop people in their tracks. You know, wait a second, I'm not getting the support I was hoping for, so maybe I shouldn't do this. But you know, the mind starts to question what your spirit is telling you to do. So, can you can you address that for our listeners? Um, that you know, people out there that are listening to this program that have um, are inspired to do something from spirit, but feel they may not get the support they're looking for. Can you address that for us? Absolutely. Like yourself, when I had that particular Satori moment, I, I was changed overnight. The, the 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 best of me, all that I really was, that had been covered up by the world of experience, uh, was set free. And the people around me at the time. Many of them thought I'd lost my mind, uh, thought I'd gone crazy, I was some kind of a Jesus freak or something to that effect, or just a spiritual freak. And so I lost most of my friends and had to, and, and so because of that, my relationship with the invisible, with the presence, became more and more real, more and more tangible for me. Now, <clears throat> when in fact we say yes to the calling, the spirit, since we're, here's how it works. We're all at, your name of your show is Oneness, you know, Awake to Oneness. So we're all one with the presence. The presence is everywhere, suffusing us with its light and its love and its intelligence. We live, move, and have our beingness in it. So when we realize our oneness with this presence, we're also at one with all of the creation. And so when we begin to walk the path of our calling, 
then whatever it is that we need will show up. It may not show up who you think it should show up through, like you just mentioned. It may not show up through your friends that you've had or your acquaintanceships or your family. They may not be able to see you in your new light because they're used to seeing you another way. And so, but but because you're connected to all of life via oneness, what you need will show up. You are you will be supported. No one is ever cut adrift or abandoned from the presence. And so the the presence shows up as new people, shows up as friends, new friends, uh, supporters, uh, books falling off the shelf, teachers that you hear about that suddenly say a word that gives you a level of inspiration. Uh, pathways uh, to awakening. And so we're always supported, and we don't want to hinder that support by limiting God, by thinking that my support has to come through this person. That would limit the presence, which is infinite. And because the presence is infinite, the presence has infinite ways to support you. So you have to be non-attached. So anyone that's listening, I would say you have to be non-attached as to where that support is coming from, but you have to be available for the support. So you wake up every single day on an adventure, an adventure of transformation, an adventure of awakening, an adventure of discovering your gifts, an adventure of discovering that you have something to give. And then the universe places into your life the people, shifts the circumstances uh, if necessary, for you to receive what it is that you need to receive for the next leg of your journey. What's also very important for people to understand is that all of us are wanted and needed by the universal oneness factor. Everyone is wanted and needed. There's no one, there's no extra people. There's no accidents. There's no uh, do-overs. There's no, this presence of oneness did not make any mistakes. And so everyone is wanted and needed. That heals the abandonment issues that people have. They feel they're not wanted, they're abandoned, they're cut adrift. Well, everyone is wanted by the universe because everyone is here to perfectly reflect the universe in a way that only they can. And if they don't do it, it won't get done because no one can be you and no one can be me and no one can be any of the listeners that are listening to us right now so they're wanted by the presence to be great. To be, and great, I don't mean great in terms of, of, of the materialistic consumer idea of greatness, you know, just having a lot of stuff and being a celebrity or that type of thing. Everyone can be great in terms of discovering their gift, activating their talents, their capacities, and sharing them, circulating them, giving them, letting, letting, letting it shine. In other words, glowing with the light of oneness. And that is, the glowing is actually the highest form of prayer. When, when that becomes active in you, you start to glow, you're now manifesting the presence of God. And so anyone, as, you, as we go back to your, your question, anyone who is moving forward, you know, wake up, accept that you're supported, but don't pigeonhole the universe into where that support is to come from. And then you'll be shocked and surprised as to how that support shows up. Perfect stranger, uh, you'll discover, may be ultimately a close friend, a mentor, a confidant, uh, a, a joyous companion, a comrade, uh, a person you walk the path with, someone you didn't even know a few years ago. Spirit may draw you together and suddenly uh, you, didn't even, you, you, you didn't even know them three years ago. You didn't even know them four years ago. But suddenly you're inseparable. Uh, how did that happen? How did you become that close to that person uh, in such a short period of time? Well, on an inner level, you were connected. And and when that level of surrender happened, that support showed up, that love showed up, that generosity showed up, that kindness showed up, and that compassion showed up because you were already connected. So uh, we let the listeners know, do not pigeonhole God. Do not say, you know, God, why doesn't this person support me? Well, maybe that person doesn't have the capacity to do so. Maybe they don't have the vision to see who you are. Maybe they're not spiritually or emotionally mature enough uh, to hear what you have to say. But you know what? You're connected with someone that is. And that person is about to come into your life if you will let it, if you'll allow it, if you'll invite it. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. The 
because that is exactly what I needed, and I know many listeners need it, um, because I I do wake up every morning um, continuing in this walk, in this new adventure of my my life. Um, And I am, like I said, um, support's not coming from family or friends that I know, but support is coming actually from all over the world. I'm, yes. I'm getting emails from Africa, from Canada, from, so, I mean, even if I get one or two emails a week, just with encouragement, saying, we love what you're doing, continue, that's all I need. And, and like you said, I, I just have to stay open, and I'm staying yes. open to whatever comes, because I know by following my spirit, it's going to lead me where I need to be. So I have to always, you know, not look around to who's there supporting me in that moment, but just knowing, trusting in my spirit yes. and just following it. And that's what I, I've kind of been doing with the show and the, the foundation. I just, spirit woke me up in the middle of the night, um, January 7th of this year, and spirit said, just, do it. You know, don't make excuses. Do start the foundation. Start the radio show. Just do it. And I, I there's no turning back for me. <laughs> um, and I am so honored that someone of, of your statue um, is one of a guest. All my guests I'm very honored by. But it just it helps when I get support um, like you, <laughs> like you. And um, it's just it's so wonderful to thank to, you um, thank you Every, everyone needs support you yes, know i pre- yes. i appreciate what you're saying and it's my joy to support one who is uh who has woken up and who is on the path and who is trying to make a difference you know someone supported me <laughs> yes yes, and, yes uh, that's true that's yeah. true that is so wonderful now getting back to our topic of the show the the um There is order in chaos. How can our listeners find order in the chaos in their lives on a daily basis? First of all, this this, this understands, as we wake up to oneness, that what appears to be chaos is oftentimes a, a birthing of a higher order. For instance, you look at the chaos that uh, is magnified when a caterpillar is becoming a butterfly. The the, the, the whole world becomes topsy-turvy and melts and the whole systems break down. The, the, the imaginal shell, cell, cells of the a butterfly are eliminated by the caterpillar's immune system until finally there's a total breakdown and there's a, a, an overwhelming um, uh, butterfly cells take over and, and there's an emergence of a whole new way of living. So what looked like chaos was actually an emergent order that was happening. A person going through puberty, there's a lot of chaos emotionally, physically, biologically, and then what emerges in best-case scenarios is a a mature, a more mature teenager than a mature human being. Uh, And so we can, so, you know, scientists tell us that if you can step back from any event in the universe far enough, you could actually see that which appears to be chaos Underlying that chaos is, a, is an order trying to emerge. So in our individual lives, when systems are breaking down, when things seem to be chaotic, it's generally a call, a soul call, for us to become more ourselves. It's a soul call for us to discover our dharma, our, as you have done with the passing of your son. And out of that, uh, out of that chaos, out of that grief, out of that letting go, out of that seeming loss, what has emerged is a, a being awakening and finding her way to give her gift, which would be you, your way you're going to serve the world, which is uniting people with individuals that inspire, creating a foundation that's going to bridge science and uh, spirituality for the benefit of humanity. You know, so out of chaos, there was an order there. And so if people are going through a chaotic period in their life, they have to understand that, first of all, the universe doesn't compromise nor contradict its own nature. It doesn't work against itself. So there's no real chaos. There's only an appearance of chaos. And so we have to find order in the chaos, which means we have to look for it, and we have to call it forward. So we have to ask questions like, 
For instance, what good is here that I presently cannot see? Now, why do I invite people to ask such an empowering question? Two reasons. One, the universe answers every question that you ask. You ask the universe, whatever name you want to call it, you can ask the presence of God, the universal presence, whatever name. You ask a question, an answer is going to come. Secondly, many people ask disempowering questions. They ask, what's wrong? Who's to blame? Why me? And so they relegate their answers to a very small way of thinking or a limited paradigm. If you ask a question, what good is here that I presently cannot see? The universe will open up to you and start to show you that there are endless opportunities, areas of growth, areas of unfoldment that are right in front of you. The principle, of course, you, 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 we're talking about oneness and, uh, uh, as well. In oneness, that means that this presence is everywhere. There's no, there's no spot where it is not. So the God, love, joy, wisdom, harmony, abundance has to be everywhere, even if you can't see it. So if you ask, what good is here that I presently cannot see? You start to open up your inner eye and see possibility, promise, and potential where there is pain. Pain yields to promise. Promise yields to possibility. Possibility leads to actuality. Actuality leads to embodiment of a higher order of that which is trying to emerge. All beginning with asking a question. And so I invite people to ask empowering questions and invite people to put the mind on on a a a a a, a search. Go put the mind on a scavenger hunt. You know, just give the mind an order. Go find the order in this chaos. Go find the good that's here that I cannot see it. Uh, go find the possibilities that are here that I'm presently blind to. Go find the support that is here that I presently cannot see. And the mind, which is really a set of programs, starts to be starts to be reprogrammed to find order, to find harmony, to find love, rather than be programmed to be in fear and doubt and worry. You know, because, you know, as the old saying goes, don't be anxious, it's only change. <laughs> don't be scared, it's only change. And that's, that's what's going on. Everything is changing, as the song says, everything must change. So everything is changing in the world of phenomena. But what remains the same is the underlying order, the nominal realm, the ideal realm, the perfect pattern realm is the same, yet emerging. When it emerges... It creates a level of chaos. Underneath that chaos, there's a new order that's trying to, trying to happen. And that's whether it's finances, uh, relationships, disharmony, whatever the case may be. There is an order in the universe, and we're coaxing it into expression through spiritual practice. Wow, that that I I hear you <laughs> loud and clear because I was just um I was asked a question recently by someone who is uh going through a, a very difficult time in her life. Uh she just recently lost her husband and now is finding herself without a uh, place to stay. And then yes. she's currently sta- staying with some friends. So actually the friend brought her by to me um, to to speak to her, and my question was, you know, what's going on? She said she's depressed, and I said I understand that. Um, and then she she said something that really um, uh, had me thinking. She said um, she does not believe that a person can uh, find peace, be at peace, uh, if they're not comfortable. Now these were her exact words. She mm-hmm. she doesn't believe how a person can be at peace if they're not comfortable. And she wasn't just talking about material comfort because I used, when she said that, I used the example of me sitting in my son's ICU room um, with him on life support for the whole month of June, this past June, and I was at peace. And I told her, I'm I'm not just saying that. I, I was at peace. And I was sitting in my son's 
room watching him on life support, um, not knowing at that time what the outcome was going to be. But I knew I could not be attached to the outcome, and I had to have peace within. And she, she said to me that was the perfect example because she wasn't just talking about material comfort. Um, right. So, so I understand exactly what you're saying about the, the finding the, the, seeing the order. Asking, right. But that, that, that is something new that you just shared with me about asking the question because I've never yeah. asked the question. Most people, <laughs> they, they, they don't ask. They, if they do ask, they unconsciously ask a question that's going to limit them. You, you, mm-hmm. you, 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 you listen in on your mind or you listen in on other people and you will hear them say, what's wrong? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Or who's to blame? Who's to blame? Who did this? Mm-hmm. You know, why me? And these are the questions that people live in normally. And that maintains a level of stuckness within a very limited paradigm. The answers are outside of your present paradigm, outside of your present way of thinking, and the only way to be have access to those answers is to ask an empowering question. You see, and once you ask it, you become a candidate for an insight, a revelation, a wisdom, guidance, direction, speaking through you in a language and in a way that you can understand. You see, and so that and and you're talking about peace. I define peace as the dynamic of harmonizing good. And so peace is not just, as you've described, it's not merely the absence of, of, of negativity or conflict. You know, here you were in your son's ICU unit. You know, peace wasn't the, the absence of, of sickness. It wasn't the absence, you know, of of a situation in which you did not know the outcome. No. Peace is a dynamic of harmonizing good. It's, it's not the absence of something, it's the presence of something. And so you can have peace, as uh, Nelson Mandela found peace, uh, ultimately in a jail cell in South Africa mm-hmm. that he spent 27 yeah. years in and came out a peaceful, forgiving, loving, inspired man. Yeah. You know, uh, people have been in uh, hellish conditions, and the conditions didn't define them. They discovered peace in the midst of hell. Because yes. peace is is not the absence of conflict; it's the dynamic of harmonizing good, and so this is this 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 is where we're growing in terms of a of a level of spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And the the whiner in us, you know, the complainer within us, will complain about a circumstance or a situation, and the mature. Uh, aspect of us, the person that's developed a certain level of spiritual discipline will not listen to the complainer within us, the committee in our head that's complaining and bemoaning our fate. It will engage ultimately the dynamic of peace within us and then the circumstance will ultimately change or it will have no effect on our consciousness. You see? Mm -hmm. That's spiritual maturity. Yes. So true, so true. Um, another thing that kind of works for me is owning it. Um, I do believe that my outer experience and the outer world is being created from my inner state of being. So I own whatever I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. So that's part of how it helps me to um, move move peacefully through the experience by saying, okay, my higher self, I may not know why, um, my human limited sight um, may not know why my my higher self, my soul self created this situation, but I know that my higher self, my soul created this situation um, for my good. Um, yes. In the Bible it says, count it all joy. Count it so, all joy. joy. Yes, count it all joy. So I know whatever I'm experiencing, I own it. I I, I own it in that I created it and that it, it was created for my highest good. So I have well, to, but go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 I don't want to interrupt you. Finish, please. No, I was just saying, so I have to, like you said, I, I 
haven't asked those questions before, but I am going to start now asking, okay, what is the good in this situation? Yes. Um, and let it come to me. Um, yes. Yes. What good is here that I presently cannot see? see. And you've touched upon a very po- a profound uh, teaching, and that is the soul, your soul, your higher self, uh, does... Uh, uh, bring about certain levels of experience for your for your edification. You design it for your own growth. So if you ask uh, sometimes a very big question, you may move through an experience, but within that experience is the seed of your growth. And so uh, once you realize that something isn't happening to you, and that right. it's happening by you and for you to grow, uh, the path becomes a lot easier. And you start, instead of looking for uh, causes of negativity start to look for meaning. What is this yes. meaning? What is the underlying yes. meaning of this? And now you become a candidate uh, for 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 insight. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is it's a very powerful walk. Very powerful. Yes. Walk. Yes, and and it is a moment to moment. <laughs> um, in every moment, I I remind myself. I remind myself of who I am, and you know the truth in whatever I'm experiencing at that moment is that it's a happening for my highest good and I must look for the good in what's happening. Um, one of the practices that I started about three or four years ago is keeping an appreciation journal mm-hmm. and just uh, writing down everything I'm thankful for. Um, and first thing in the morning, I pick up my journal and I write two or three pages of all that I'm thankful for to help me stay focused on my many blessings throughout the day because I also believe um, maintaining that attitude of gratitude regardless of what is happening in that moment. But my only prayer, I tell people, I have one prayer, and that is thank you. Thank you for what has happened. Thank you for what is happening Thank you for what will happen. Um, that's my only prayer is, is thank you. So, um, that's it, what that's it, what uh, Meister Eckhart says. If you only have time for one prayer, let it be thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. To stay in an attitude of gratitude and focus on the miracles that are happening in each moment, because each moment is truly a, a miracle. And actually, each moment is all we really have. Uh, the, the time is an illusion. Einstein said it. So if Einstein can say it, I can say it and believe it, that time is an <laughs> illusion. And all there is is the eternal now. And that, that eternal now is perfect. We just have to look for the perfection in that eternal now. Um, so it's... Absol- but I, I do love the new aspect that you had given me about asking um, and shared with the audience about asking. Asking, you shall receive, but we have to be aware of our asking. In my my book, um, Life Visioning, uh, Mm -hmm. Filling Your Soul's Potential, I break that down a lot more through the vision process as well and really get into the nuance of right question answering, what an empowering a question is how to listen. Many people don't have the capacity for deep listening because their mind is always chattering, and they, even in conversations, they fail to listen because they're listening to their own head, ready to speak when the person ends. So we have to retrain ourselves to be great listeners with each other as well as great listeners to the our own inner guidance system because... What most people don't realize is that the inner guidance system, God, love, beauty, intelligence, Holy Spirit, whatever name you choose to call it, is always broadcasting. It, it doesn't go, it's not intermittent like the radio or the internet. It's always broadcasting. But are we listening? You mm-hmm. see? And so That's once we so ask true. the question, then we have to sit, give ourselves opportunities to sit and listen for the answer. An inner prompting, an intuitive hit, a glimpse, a vision, a feeling tone. And it happens. 
because the universe is always broadcasting and it's always answering every question that we have. Very true. That is so true. Also, what you ta- what you touched upon about listening, um, I do find that a lot of people, like you said, when you're talking, and I can tell now, I have been able to tell when I'm talking if a person's not really listening. <laughs> and uh, being a good listener is, is very important because, like you said, they're they're listening to the chatter in their head, and they already have the response ready to jump in and say it before you, you, you the person um, even finishes speaking. And one of the things I believe, and I always say to myself and to others, is um, the greatest gift you can give a person is your your full attention. Mm-hmm. To truly listen to that person, I believe that it is more valuable than money to actually truly sit and listen to what a person is saying. And not necessarily... That doesn't mean you have to agree 100% with what another person is saying, but when you give your full attention to another person and you're truly listening to that other person, I believe that's the greatest gift you can give anybody. And and it's also very healing when many times many people have been healed or brought back to wholeness just by someone listening to them. Mm-hmm. Just, just that... Um, uh, that, as you say, full attention, which is the opening for deep compassion. Uh, And and this is what we want to offer each other as human beings along the path. We want to see each other, not the pathology, not our own projections. We want to see and we want to listen. And if you want to give an individual a beautiful gift, then you become willing to, to clear your mind so you can really see who they are and then listen and if you see and listen, you provide the context for a person to really emerge into their highest and best self or the next great version of their real self. And this is all, this is all in keeping with, with a finding order in the chaos because sometimes uh, people that are going through it just need a place to just be heard and seen yes. and then a healing happens. So true. So true, so true. Um, just to really listen and see a person for who they are and just love them for who they are. I mean, and I think a lot of times people get the, the, the idea of they have to agree with everything the person is saying or doing before you can just truly embrace that person with love. No, you, it's about allowing that person to be themselves, to walk their path, non-judgmental, and just love them for who they are, where they're at. Um, and I, th- I, I believe that comes from also with the oneness, when you realize that person is another aspect of you. Um, Absolutely. You, you, you're com- you open up and you, you have compassion for that person. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that person thinks, are the same as you, that person is the same religion as you. Yeah, none of that has to come into play. It's just that person is a part of you. That person is another you, uh, and just love them. Love them for who they are and love them where they're at and let them be who they are. So that is so true. That is a lot about, about what I believe living in oneness um, like I said, I, I do come from a Christian background. Um, I was very active in Christian church for many, many years. Um, now, I personally, I don't subscribe to any one religion. I believe love is at the core of the of all religion, and love is truth. And I, I just want um, everybody on the planet to realize that our differences do not separate us. You know, our differences should, uh, what we need to understand is the oneness that we really truly are. And science, uh, what really blew me away is when I discovered that science has proven this. Like, science is telling us this, has been telling us this for over 80 years. But the, that the, we the sciences are, yeah, right. They're catching yeah. up with the, with the mystics' vision. They're articulating yeah. the, the sense of oneness. And uh, the differences 
uh, don't separate us. The differences make us stronger because uh, each being carries a unique expression of the infinite of which yes. no one else can mimic or copy. Um, so everyone is needed and wanted, as I, as I, I indicated. Everyone is mm-hmm. needed. Everyone is wanted. And so you have a gift. I have a gift. We all have gifts. And those those differences, and we all have uh, born on different parts of the world. We have different perspectives, different uh, cultural inclinations, different social biases. All of these things, w- when seen through the lens of maturity, allows us uh, to become stronger, not weaker. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, 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 Because I can do something and you can do something, but we're going to do it according to our unique pattern. It's going to be different, so it's going to make the whole thing stronger. In In, in nature, it's called hybrid vigor. Like when certain mm. plants come together that are different, but some kind of way they get spliced together by nature accidentally. You've seen these trees where uh, they start to blend and become one tree, even though they started off as two trees. And they call it hybrid vigor, that the best of both makes a much mm. stronger uh, version of each. And this is what happens with us as spiritual beings. If if I live up to my true nature and you live up to your true nature and the next person lives up to their true nature, then that that difference makes us all stronger, not weaker. Yes. And, uh, oh, so, beautiful so way one, of looking at it. Yeah. So the oneness factor is uh, so very important. And you mentioned science, and science is now beginning to catch up with the mystic's vision uh, through holography, showing that every, you know, oh, 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 holography basically shows that a seeming part carries the whole. So it looks mm-hmm. like a part. You can see the whole in it. it yes. uh, uh, quantum reality shows us that consciousness is everywhere in everything mm-hmm. and that um, science shows us that, as you said at the top of the show, that we're all one, that we're irreducibly unique, but at the same time, at our base, we're one. We're at one with each other. I was just speaking to, um, I was doing an interview uh, today on my KPFK program, and I was interviewing Lisa Gar, who had a uh, a major bike accident a number of years ago, and she was thrown down. Her helmet was cracked in 19, 18, 19 places, and she went into a very expanded state of consciousness outside of her body. And when she looked down, she could see the paramedics working on her body, but she became aware that she was the paramedics, mm. and she wasn't separated from the paramedics. She was them, and they were her, and she was aware of the connection between them. She became instantly aware of their relationship with each other. She was aware of the people around her. She was aware of the trees. She was one with them. So when she was liberated from a limited perception that sometimes we have when we're body conscious, she could see that we, she was at one with everyone, and this is true for all of us. It was uh, it was uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson that said that Jove is nodding, nodding to Jove behind each other's back, which is mean means that the spirit in you is nodding to the spirit within me behind our personalities' backs. That we're at one with each other, and even if the personality gets in the way, we think we're separate. On a spiritual level, I'm at one with you, and you're at one with me. You see? Yes. And so science is showing that. Mystics have said about it. Poets have written about it. Singers have sung about it. You know, prose has been written about it. Art has, has, has been created from it. And it's an eternal truth that we are at one with each other just as much as we are at one with God, just as much as we are at one with the universe. And all of it, though it is lawful, all of it is impelled and compelled by love. Yes. The total givingness so of the Spirit without any sense of withhold at all. Total love. Yes. Total love. So true and so beautifully put. <laughs> put you, uh, you express it so beautifully. Um, I am so, so, so thankful. Um, I, I want to congratulate you on the... Um, you and Ricky Beebe receiving the Spiritual Leadership Award be being presented on Tuesday, May 19th from Humanities Team. Um, I am very uh, active with Humanities Team, and they have been very, very supportive of me 
and the show. So I just wanted to give you a shout out. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Uh, oh, to thank you, you so very much. But I, I, I won't be able to make it to the West Coast, but I will be um, online um, at well, that it's event. Well, it's going to be in Colorado. Okay, all right. Okay, at a ranch. Yeah, in, in Colorado. Colorado. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. May nineteenth. Okay. So um, yeah, yeah, I know it's I know it's going to be live streamed, so yes. people will be able to stream us receiving the award, and yes. uh, hearing Ricky sing and speak, and hearing me speak. I'm not going to sing, but I'm going to do my my dance. I'm going to do the. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the ballet. Uh huh. I'm joking. <laughs> no, okay. Well, no, I just, I the Internet is so awesome that I can, I'm not going to be there in Colorado, um, and I can't be on the West Coast on Sundays, but I can still listen to you live every Sunday morning. I can be at the event on the 19th. So the Internet is such a wonderful um I don't even know, a tool, nervous system for the world because it connects yeah, yeah. all of us. And even this show, um, it's so wonderful that even if a person can't catch it live, they can listen to it anytime in any country. You know, any all you have to have is a laptop, and you can hear the That's show. Right. So, I, I I think of this as residual inspiration. You know, that uh, like a little pebble that goes in the the lake and or the ocean, and that the wave just keeps reaching out and out and out. Uh, infinitely, so uh, that's what the internet um, offers, and I guess I guess the internet has been now around for what fifteen twenty years. So yeah. it's like the uh, I love how uh, <laughs> I, I love how Barbara Marks, who was my guest last week, puts it. She says uh, we've grown a, a new nervous system with the mm-hmm. the body the one body cuz we're all one bo- we're one body and we have grown a new nervous system with the inter- internet yes humanity's new nervous put, system put. yeah and i i like to say that we have created the global brain now mm-hmm. we're creating the global heart oh okay mm-hmm. so we so we have a global brain in which it's totally connected we can know anything that's going on anywhere around the world with this global brain and this new nervous system uh and now we have to infuse it with love so it becomes a global heart, so we activate the global heart so that mm-hmm. this system is is used as it's being used in this precise moment for upliftment and inspiration and transformation and spiritual education and transformational knowledge and, and connection. So we, we've definitely, humanity has created the global brain with computers, but now we now it's up to us to mature and create the global heart so that love and yes. compassion runs through our new nervous system rather yes. than uh, worry, doubt, and fear, anxiety, jealousy, greed, envy. The nervous yes. system must be recalibrated to love and yes. caring. Yes, and that um, we kind of touched upon a little of this last week when I, when I spoke with Barbara Mark Hubbard. Um, I don't watch news. Um, and the reason I don't um, watch news is just I know there's just as much good news in the world to report right Um, but when you turn on the news at 11 p.m. before you're going to bed you're bombarded with a lot of negative news and I stopped watching news in September of 2001 after 9-11 and I really was uh, just obeying my soul, my soul said, "Turn it off, and don't turn it back on again." And yeah. I, I was obedient. <laughs> um, but the internet, I'm finding, um, is um, not that mainstream news. It is um, allowing people to connect with love and with oneness. And I find that more with the internet than the mainstream media. Yeah, the, the possibility is definitely uh, greater on the Internet because it's not controlled by corporate media uh, that mm-hmm. basically is seeking to, to, to sell you things you don't need. And so mm-hmm. they'll worry you with the news and then sell you pharmaceuticals <laughs> in order to calm your nerves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, side uh, effects. Uh. Right. 
side effects are more dangerous than the symptoms you already have. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you have a, the, the possibility for receiving a real factual account of something happening is greater on the Internet, even though there are some people who use the Internet, as, uh, take the blogosphere and turn it into a hatosphere. They, you know, they... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, come down on people and critique people and say all manner of negative things about people on the internet, but for the most part, um, you know, there's a lot of creativity and a lot of love and a lot of joy on it. Yeah. Now the way yeah. we, uh, the way I teach, and I've I've taught this for, you know, 25, 30 years at Agape, is that once you um, you take your break from the news so that it's not impacting your nervous system, and you begin to um, have a discipline that becomes a discipline of prayer and meditation and study and right fellowship and sacred service, then when you do turn on the news and you look at it from a witness consciousness, mm-hmm. instead of looking at it um, and trying to get the news, which it isn't, it's just the olds, you look at mm-hmm. it You look at it as the society prayer request. Okay. So it's not, it's not really the news, it's like oh, this is your assignment, you'll, you'll see something and you'll discover, that's my assignment today for my prayer. You know, okay. uh, police brutality just broke out you know, yes. over here. I need to stop and hold the high watch for all involved and for systemic uh, racism to be dissolved, that, that real oneness can be mm-hmm. actualized in our day, in our time. When I see the news and we see abject poverty somewhere, it's our time mm-hmm. to, to go into prayer and to hold the space for everyone who doesn't have enough. Okay. Or, or when, when the news media is scaring us with the latest um, pandemic, which mm-hmm. very rarely turns out to be true. You know, yeah. uh, the measles, you know, <laughs> they have everybody yeah. afraid. And, that's, you know we, know, we know behind the scenes of that, the pharmaceutical companies are scaring everybody so that they can sell them vaccines. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Two years okay. ago, they had 600, 600 outbreaks of measles. The next year, they had 600 outbreaks of measles. There's been no rise in measles whatsoever. It just got right. uh, uplifted with the people getting the measles at Disneyland, and suddenly it's a big deal. But that's just, big, you know, so we look at the news. Yeah, we look at it and realize oh, that my assignment today is to pray about this, to realize this quality. So okay. there is times, yes, as you're doing, where you don't watch it at all, so you can become settled in oneness. And then when you do mm-hmm. watch it, it becomes a you prayer. Have to look request. at it. Yes, that's yeah. a good way of uh, that's a good way of watching it. Very yeah. true. I cannot believe that we are already winding down the hour. It's, We've it got seems just like about three minutes left. I know. It seems like we we've been on the phone I need to, for five I need to invite I need to invite you and everyone else to the Revelation Conference. Oh, I would love to. Love that was I was just going to tell you. Please share with us. Tell us more. You got you got to come. It's uh, May twenty eighth through the thirty first. It's our our annual gathering. The it's it's it, the energy is too large to actually give it a name because you can't call it a conference. You can't call okay. it a festival. So we it's a it's a gathering, a transformational gathering. So from Thursday night through Sunday morning, we invite people to immerse themselves in this process of sacred sound, music, dance, presentations, dialogue, workshops, healing modalities, prayer ministry. Uh, There's so much that goes on from Thursday night to Sunday morning. Uh, And this year I have uh, uh, Joe Dispenza as one of our Mm. presenters who who will speak about the placebo effect. We'll have Dr. Sue Warder. We'll have Panache Desai. We'll have wow. uh, uh, Darlicia Searcy flying in from Broadway, singing, and Brenda Lee Ager and Nikki Harris and Ricky Byers Beckwith in the Agape International Choir. Other great wow. musicians will be flying in from around the world. And great presenters, Reverend Cheryl Ward, uh, uh, Deborah Johnson flying in from up north, uh, Carlton Pearson. Uh, Michael, I great... don't want this uh, radio show to cut you off. We have, like, okay. 30 seconds on air, it says. But just tell everybody where they can find You know what? They can go to agapelive.com, A-G-A-P-E-L-I-V-E.com. Look at the Revelation banner, punch it up, and sign up, and we'll see everyone there. And you, my friend, if you come, you'll be my special guest. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And before we get...
cut off, I just thank you, um, and I definitely am going to take you up on that. I like to wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day weekend, and thank you so much, myself. Thank you. My God, God, God bless. Just, I, we're we're going to get cut off. Okay, sorry. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up.